Hey, I'm Dennis from This Side of Anarchy, and welcome to Band to Band, my show where I and another band interview each other and alternately ask five questions over video chat, since many of us are from every corner of the world. My idea came about after using uh, Twitter for about a year and a half and became friends with a bunch of independent bands of all kinds of different genres, and we support each other any way we can. And I found that I really wanted to get to know some of these bands better and thought this would be a good way to do that and let you in on it. So please hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast to keep up with updates and new episodes. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Hi and welcome to episode four of my show Band to Band where I get to know bands that I have got to be friends with or follow on Twitter. And this is a little special one because it's the first one with a full band. The first one I had a two-man band and the next two, which was the Secret Weasels, and the next one was Creep Scene with one-man band, and the next one was Harmicide with one-man band. And I'm a one-man band. Now we have an actual four-person band. Thank you. And thank awesome. you guys for doing this. Thanks for having us. Um, I kind of have this theory that, that I've seen over my, my life and most people's lives, like my wife's and other that like you have your music and you learn and you find new band stuff till, till you're about 30. Then you kind of like, I don't know, the new bands kind of seem to go out because, you know, it seems like people over 30 like the same bands that they like when they're like a teenager. And I was kind of, I I was kind of in that groove, I guess, and you guys are actually one of the new bands that broke through that theory or whatever I had. So that's great. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate all of your support, and uh, I guess we will introduce yourselves, maybe where you're from, and if you were all born in New York, or what instruments you play. Even in any, any other bands, some kind of equipment you like, just details like that. So maybe Liz will be first. Sure, I'm Liz. Um, I'm from Lindenhurst. I'm born and raised in New York. Um, I sing in Sharp Ballet, and I really like my purple Telefunken M80 microphone, and I don't play any, any other instruments. All right, I guess. Uh... Jasmine's back, so I guess maybe we'll. Hi. Do this. <laughs> Let me know if you can't if you can't hear me. Yeah, you're fine. Um, what was the you... question? How many years? Did we ask. Oh, just introduce oh. yourselves. Where you're from? If you're born in New York, uh, instruments you play, band in gen band, general. You've been in other other bands. Any equipment yeah. you use? Anything you want to say? Um. My brother was playing classical music before, so I want to mention that I started out meet my music career in elementary school. I played trumpet and I played through college. Um, and then after college, I joined a band, started playing bass, I kind of learned in that band, and then eventually joined Sharp Violet. And uh, I play drums now in Sharp Violet, and I play bass in another band. So I'm in two bands right now. So yeah, I love it. I love all the music all the time. Yes, definitely. All right, Jessica's next, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm from Bohemia, New York. 
born and raised in New York. And uh, I started out with piano first when I was about 10. And then when I was 15, I started playing guitar. So those are my two main instruments, I would say. Uh, I played... I play guitar in Sharp Violet, and I have helped uh, my friend uh, Emmy play. I played piano in in that band. Um, I'm Allie. I play rhythm guitar in Sharp Violet. I uh, also was born and raised in New York, and um, I play uh, bass and guitar. Cool. And the other band that's not members on here is Marie. Uh, do you know anything about her? Maybe you can just so, so people know there's another band member yeah. who plays our. So Marie first joined uh, Sharp Violet in 2019. Um, she was in our band for about a month on rhythm guitar, and then she switched over to bass. Um, and before Sharp Violet, she was in a cover band. And she plays a Fender Jaguar bass. Cool. It's a really cool bass. Yeah. Yeah. Pity on it. Yeah, mm -hmm. So, uh, how did the band start? How long you guys have been together? And uh, how how was it? I know for a long time you were a four piece. So how how was it going from a four piece to a five piece? So I started the band in early 2016. Um, I put up an ad on Craigslist and that the day I put up the ad, I found a drummer, our first drummer. Um, and then a few months later, I met Jess through our friends in Jackknife Stiletto. Um, they're another all-female band from Long Island. And then through a former member of Steven and Not Steve's, I met Jasmine. And then over the years, we've had a couple of lineup changes. Um, Allie joined on bass in late 2017, and then last year, like we said, Marie joined, um, and then her and Allie actually switched instruments. Um, so we've been together for a little over four years, and I think the transition from a four-piece to a five-piece has been really awesome. Um, we really wanted to help thicken the sound, and I think the sound now when we're playing live sounds a lot fuller. Yes. Yeah, definitely. How does uh, how do you guys work out the guitar parts? Do you just just like whoever feels to play whatever, or um, yeah, I mean it's been whoever comes up with yeah. a part. Um, but for, I think for the most part, Jess is the lead and Nally is the rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's been working out really well, I think. Yeah, sometimes, you know, one of us will come up with, with a riff during practice and just kind of play it over and over again. And then, you know, we'll play off of each other and see what works. And, you know, you, you start something with one and you take it home and, and play with it a little bit and then you bring it back and see what sounds good and go from there. Cool. All right. That's my first question. Uh, you guys can ask your first question. Sure. Um, how has your songwriting process changed over the years? And what is different about the creative process from, I know you were in a band back in the 90s versus now with a one-man band? Um, 
the, the it's based it's basically the same except I'm doing all the parts but you know ever since I was 17 I was you know starting to, after I learned guitar I started writing my own music and coming up with stuff and lyrics and then 90 percent of the times it starts with the guitar riff and then and then you know I'd try to match the lyrics but with the band it was mainly I came up with the guitar riff and then they would join in and it would be like more of a collaborate collaborative thing and and now it's uh you gotta do it yourself it's just I, I imagine kind of a different part and trying to create and it's it's a little a little harder sometimes because you're recording it while you're writing it so and if you change something you gotta like record the whole record the whole thing again and do the diff part different parts and then it's just but you know sometimes i'll even now start with uh the drum beat but like like a drum beat that i'll find and then i'll just come up with a guitar riff that'll fit it or a bass riff and then kind of just go off of it and, and then i just uh have a bunch of lyrics and kind of come up with and just try to match up see what sounds like it'll fit with it and so and 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 the other thing the other thing that really changed was in the band we would we would play and write a song to death which i think could be good or it could be bad because like as you're as you're writing it you keep changing the way you sing it the way you play it now it's like i write it and it's like especially especially with the vocals it's like i'll sing it like five times and maybe sometimes ten and it's just um you know see how sometimes your first your first try is like the best one <laughs> It's kind of the way I'm doing it now. It's like, I'll do like, instead of sitting there for, you know, years, sometimes you're writing a song for years and years and years before you go to a studio and record it before. Now it's just like, whatever it comes out, and I sing it, and a lot of times I'll do it five to ten times, and then, you know, pick the best take of each those and just print it, as they say. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see, it's my next one. So do you guys mainly write at the studio or do you, do you guys re record some of your stuff at home and kind of have a general thing and then bring it into the band or is it basically you just come up with a riff and remember it and then? Um, I think sometimes we'll come up with ideas at home, um, but for the most part, we do a lot of our writing at practice. Just jamming. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, one of us will come up with an idea and then we'll share it. Um, we have a group chat, so we'll share an idea there so that, you know, everyone can kind of start working on something before practice. Um, but I think for the most part, we pretty much do everything during our practices. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jasmine's gone. 
I was going to ask Jasmine a question. Uh, how how involved are you guys? Are you even interested in in the recording process or anything, or do you guys just um, write it and then go to the studio and let the let the recording people handle their part? And you're not really that interested, just you know, like in the final mix, maybe. We're actually we do um, everything ourselves. Uh, we record in my basement. Um, Steve from Steven and Opsieves. He was a recording engineer in New York City. Um, so he has full gear to record us. So everything we record, we do it at home and we're 100% involved. So we do our parts and then we work with Steve on the editing, picking out the best takes. Um, so yeah, we're pretty much involved in the whole process. That's cool. Yeah, and I think we lucked out because we get to do everything ourselves. Like a, if we had to pay for a service, we may not be able to get um, input on some of it. So I think it works out that way for us. Yeah, I always found that to be an advantage. And uh, Jasmine, I think a while back you downloaded some kind of software for your phone. How's that, how's that working out? Is it some? Oh yeah. <laughs> That was that was such a while ago. Yeah. Um, but, um, that's funny you remember. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't like GarageBand or anything like that. It was more like a synthesizer based, like kind of beat making. You know, you could program some melodies in, mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I, it was just keeping me busy. I think when we were on the way somewhere far away. I think it was um when we went to the Halloween, the Halloween show or something in Jason's Woods. So I had, I'm kind of like a kid in the car. I need something to keep my attention. So that kept my attention for like a solid, at least 45 minutes. Mm. So it wasn't <laughs> it was like, pretty cool. I haven't touched it in a while. It was called Caustic. So. Something like you were recording guitar amp or anything from your phone? Or it was just like more? No, it was electro like electronic stuff, mm. you know. Um, I don't even think you could like plug in a synthesizer to it. It was all just like phone based you can just program right on your phone so but if i had an iphone i would have garage band like built in mm -hmm. kind of that's like the only feature i'm jealous about on an iphone <laughs> yeah i really like garage band because i don't play an instrument but sometimes i'll get an idea in my head or a vocal melody and i'm able to use garage band to try and put it to chords um like that's how we wrote These Are the Rules Boys and Domino Effect. It was ideas that I had with a vocal melody and then I worked it in GarageBand and then I uh, brought it to practice and we worked on it. Yeah, yeah GarageBand is great. I, that's the only reason that I even have an iPad was uh, because of GarageBand. We're, uh, we're an Android house. Yep. So, how do you, how do you use how do you use it, Allie? Um, I will. Uh, I can. I'll record uh, guitar parts, or you know, like just sometimes something will come into my head. I'll have a riff or something, and and I can plug right in guitar, and uh, you know, I'll usually run it to my amp, but um, record some like little or other ideas, and then um, bring that to practice or. If it's something that's not sharp violet related that I might want to just work on at home, I'll keep that. You know, like sometimes I'll get ideas that don't fit our style of music like at all. Right. So, <laughs> right. But you know, just just fun things to work on. But I, I love just having the the control of like you could set 
a really basic drum beat behind it, like just something to flesh it out a little bit more. Cause mm -hmm. sometimes if you're working on a guitar riff, it sounds just kind of thin and you can't really tell where you want it to go from there. But if you can add in some other musical components, even knowing that you're going to change it down the road, like it just, it helps um, the creative process a little bit, especially now that we can't get together and have live practices. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. You do anything like that, Jessica? Uh, yeah, I I do have a Mac uh, laptop, but otherwise it's all Samsung. So guitar, uh, GarageBand, sorry, is is uh, something to just get some ideas going because you can use the keyboard as a keyboard. Uh, but then there's this other program uh, that my boyfriend showed me called Guitar Pro, which has like all the instruments and you can write it out uh, chords, notes, whatever. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. All right, you guys up this for the next question. Um, what music or bands have you been listening to lately? Um, I kind of the same. Uh, thing almost with the 30s thing the third I have I don't listen to much music actually the mm -hmm. other theory I kind of have is it might disrupt my creativity or the originality I kind of I kind of try to not get too much stuff in my head so I can so it doesn't influence you know my style I guess you would say mm -hmm. I don't know if it would or not but but uh, I do listen in the car, and most of the stuff I listen to is stuff my wife likes. So she doesn't like to listen. To. I like 90% of what she does, and she likes maybe 30 or 40% of what I do. So <laughs> uh, we, most of the time we listen to what she likes, which which mainly starts with A, because when you go to your phone and you got to scroll through all your thousand music, you're like, man, you kind of find something. So I usually end up with... Angel Witch or Armageddon or Aerosmith or Anthrax, <laughs> Aquantum or Overdrive or uh, Blue Oyster Cult. What about Skeleton Witch? What about that witch? Skeleton Witch? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, another one I found recently was uh, a friend at work. I never, never heard. Never uh, knew they did this album. Was uh, Rush did a, another live one called Different Stages? I never heard of that one. He was playing it, and uh, I guess it was the bonus disc had a 1978 concert from uh, Hammersmith in England. And it was from uh, a Farewell to Kings tour. So I've been getting into that one. That, that, was, that was a good one. I guess the only one where they played 2112 complete live, you know. On the thing, and then uh, what else? I listen to Iron Maiden lately, and uh, and uh, another one I'm going to be listening to because I, I, for some reason, I just uh, and of course Motorhead. Mm. Always listen to Motorhead, and w one of their bands that they toured with for a while was a band called Girl School. Have you guys heard heard of them? It's a metal band from the '80s. Uh -uh. I think I've heard them. It sounds familiar. Yeah. For some reason, I thought of them last week, and I'm like, all right, I need to get my records out so I can put it on MP3 and listen to it again. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Um, so how did your relationship with Steve and the Not Steves develop? And I believe Liz is married to him. And it sounded like some of the stuff on Twitter or Instagram or whatever is some of you have relationships. And how did that start? Yeah, so I am married to Steve. Um, Allie's married to Jeff, who's the bassist in Steve and the Not Steves. Um, I first met Steve through um, my best friend, Eddie, who was their first drummer. Um, so I kind of got to see Steve and the Not Steves like blossom into what they are today. Um, when they first started out, it was just a two-piece that would play in Steve's apartment. Um, Eddie would play on an electric drum kit. And uh, actually, fun fact, the day that I met Steve was the day that him and Eddie came up with the name Steve and the Not Steves. And uh, <laughs> so, like, we met in 2014, and then 2015, we bought a house in Lindenhurst, and uh, we built a studio in our basement. Um, with, uh, we have a full drum set, um, all our gear, the recording studio, and... Uh, it was really after we built that that we both kind of, I started Charballet and Steve um, looked for additional members of Steve and the Not Steves. So they've become like our brother band. We've become like a really close-knit family. Uh, we go on vacations together. We've been in each other's weddings. Um, <laughs> really, really good group of people. Um, we try and get each other on shows like if one of us gets booked on a show we try to get the other one on um both bands practice in our basement and uh we share gear when we do play shows together yeah we, we kind of did a similar thing because in society um our drummer and his wife were in uh, her band was called uh, three three women in black and uh their bass player left, so society's bass player went and played, and then their guitar player left, and then they asked me to play. So it was basically the bulk of society go mad and with a girl singer. So, <laughs> so we did some shows together, and it was like, it was nice. You just set your amp up, play, my amp's there, play again. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the benefits that we've had too is that we've been able to fill in for each other so we haven't had to turn down you know any shows like when Allie and Jeff went out on maternity leave Jasmine filled in on bass in Steve and not Steve's and Steve filled in with us and uh Steve has filled in I think on every instrument now for us at some point um so we're like, yeah we're able to yeah except vocals <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen, though. <laughs> he doesn't know the lyrics enough. No. <laughs> you know his lyrics, though. So. <laughs> you know all of his lyrics, though, so he has to step up. I could fill in for them. <laughs> Liz and the Not Liz. Yeah, Liz and the Not Liz. And <laughs> uh, Allie, how's having a child changed your musical life? Anything? or? There's a lot less spontaneity, I think, um, <laughs> with anything. I mean, practicing, uh, I can't decide late at night that I want to pick up a guitar uh, and plug in. Yeah. Um, I have to keep quiet. 
um, definitely, you know, um, my flexibility in terms of being able to say yes to every show is a little bit more limited. I, I do my best. Um, that's actually, it's sort of part of the benefit of us being a five piece band now, um, because the band functions so well as a four piece. Um, I, I don't have to feel like I'm, you know, like screwing anybody over if there's a show that comes up that I really can't do um, because I know that the four of them are still just going to rock it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that um, my daughter, my mother, um, her grandmother is more than happy to, uh, to babysit and spend time with her um, if something comes up. But, um, you know, you kind of, you take each day as it goes. She's a toddler now. She's a ball of energy. She's running all around. <laughs> she's she, got a yeah. drummer. Drumsticks just goes. Very, uh, very musically inclined. So we'll see, see where that takes her. <laughs> That's good. All right, your next question. Um, does your granddaughter share your taste in music, or does she have her own taste in music? Um, a little bit of both. Um, at least when they were here, every time I would be recording or you know, working out a song or whatever, she'd be like, come through dancing and trying to dance around. And her her dad kind of likes kind of metal music. And uh, she gets into that. And of course, she likes uh, the pop and the dancing around. And like, she likes trying to do ballet and stuff. And of course, the, mo- the movie music, like Frozen, all that stuff, she gets into all those, <laughs> all those songs like that. But yeah. Did you know this, that the Steves cover a song from Frozen? Maybe she needs to see some footage. <laughs> <laughs> they do an awesome cover of Let It Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, how's the New York scene and what's the farthest way you've played? And who kind of who books the shows? And is there any pay to play over there? And how is it playing with the, it seems like you play a lot of the same type bands or some of the same bands. How is it playing with them a lot? Does it get older? Does it get uh, like seeing old friends all the time? Is it all fun? That's a lot of questions all at once, Um, (laughs) but I'll answer the pay to play. The pay to play question um, that happens a lot um, that we get offered them. You know, we try to play pay to play for like bigger bands um, because sometimes they just do it you know, just because the venue calls for that. We try to just do like the, the cheaper ones so we get more people to show up because a lot of people don't want to commit to a ticket for a local band right. um, unless it's like a big headliner. Um, but the scene out here, we there's always something going on. Like you go 10 minutes down the road, not even, and there's a bar and two bands playing there. And then, you know, restaurants have music. So it's like everywhere. We're pretty saturated out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Definitely cool. And then for booking shows, um, it really depends on whoever access to play a show. It's pretty random. Um, within like the past year or year and a half, we did start booking our own shows with Stephen and Not Steve's um, at this place called One Eye Jacks. Uh, we love it there. They're really awesome. Um, they treat the band really well. And uh, we set up, we bring our own gear and we do all the lights, we do all the sound. Um, and we get to book all the bands that play. I like playing with a lot of the same bands. Um, 
because you get to hang out with your friends mm-hmm. and listening to music that you actually like. Right. Uh, there's been a couple of shows where we've been, you know, like the only punk band or the only like rock band. And like we've played shows with like metal bands or even like some rappers. So when there's shows like that, like it's cool to be like around other types of music, but it's kind of hard to get a uh, fan base or a following that way. Right. Most of the time people like they'll stay for their, you know, their friend's band and then they leave because they don't really like your type of music. But when we're playing with our friends, everybody stays and each band gets a, uh, a packed house to play to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um, you know, we, we, we've been trying to just play shows with either our friends or with bands we don't know that are punk that fall in line with rock music to mm-hmm. some degree. Because uh, a lot of times you'll just get random shows out here. Um, but I think because so much is going on all the time, even non-music things, that people always have somewhere to be, you know, so they don't hang out for the entire show. We try to um, establish that with the other bands to, like, keep everyone, you know, come in early and leave late kind of thing, um, you know, because it's not really fair to the whole lineup if you only show up for, like, 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. So uh, we try to do that. And that being said, we've been trying to play more out of state um, when we have the time because we want to reach other people. And we know that there are some places that don't have the scene that we have and they would be grateful for like a, you know, a full show. So <laughs> I think the furthest away that we've played, um, we got to play the University of Delaware through the Asbury Park Punk Rock Flea Market. Um, that was such an awesome show. Like we got to play for um, the students there and they set up green rooms for us. They had snacks and pizza and cake and everything that you could imagine. They had it set up for us. Um, they printed out photos of us and hung them, you know, in the hallway. And it was like probably, I think my top in my top five shows that we've ever played. Mm-hmm. It was a great experience. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely cool. I mean, we can carry our own gear. We're very capable, but it's nice to have a bunch of students just come up to you and be like, all right, we'll take all your heavy amps and you guys took a long drive here. We'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said, oh, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No complaints. Yeah. That was an awesome deal. All right. On to your next question. Um, if you could join any band, past or present, what band would you join? That one was a hard question. Mm-hmm. It was a real hard question. Huh? I don't know. It's just the – I just never had the, like, even, like, somebody like Metallica. Like, I wouldn't – I wouldn't even want to join Metallica because they're, like, a totally different music or the circle jerks or bad religion or – it's just, I don't know if I would want to, but all I can come up with was I'd go back and try to play with Mozart, Haydn, or Vivaldi, because they, oh. they just had they just had the talent. I mean, it's just I, I love because toward the end of society, I was like really getting into classical music, and it just just the the depth and the so much going on and so many different parts and it was just like 
some of the symphonies and, and uh, concertos are just wild. And, mm -hmm. and, so, and some of them, especially in Vivaldi's, Vivaldi's more, more raw, and it's just, it's like almost a punk version of, of classical. It's like, it's basic, but still it's got some good tricks to it, but. So, and then other than that, maybe Motorhead, that one might be my exception. I doesn't play with Lemmy, but never gonna happen now, he's gone. And if society ever got back together again, I'd definitely do that. Because <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a blast. I was gonna say, why wouldn't you pick Beethoven? He was kind of more of the metal of the classical musicians, the four, you know, the, the fathers. <laughs> Beethoven, I don't know. There's something about Beethoven that's not quite, it's, he's not my top three. He's probably the fourth. But some of his is just like his third. Everybody seems to like the third and, uh, and the Eroica, and I just don't get it. I don't know. It just doesn't move me for some reason. <laughs> but the seventh is awesome, and the ninth is awesome. The first and second is awesome. Except that uh, the first is actually the second, and the second is actually the first. Somehow they got the, the numbers wrong. <laughs> uh, he was drunk. He was just drunk. <laughs> I don't know how they got that, but yeah, somehow they got the numbers wrong. All right, I went on the order. I forgot a question. All right, uh, who does the social media? And seems like you find Instagram and Facebook a little more um, effective than Twitter because you're not. Doesn't seem like you're on Twitter that much. So, so who am I really talking to? And how's yeah, your all social media experience? I guess. Um, so I do the social media um, for Sharpa. Uh, we we all have access to um, Facebook, um, but for the most part, it's me who's uh, posting every day. Um, yeah, we're not really active on Twitter, um, but it's just hard to be promoting and staying active across all platforms plus working full time. So I've kind of just focused on Instagram and mm -hmm. Facebook. Yeah, it's definitely hard, especially mm -hmm. you being the only guy. <laughs> I'm like writing, recording, promoting. Sometimes it's like, well, I want to write, but I got to promote. And it's like, you're mm -hmm. writing all this stuff. Because after the first album, I really didn't, I didn't promote hardly anything. And I'm like, well, why am I doing this? I got this album out and nobody's listening to it. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I got to promote. I started getting on Twitter and Instagram and it seemed like Twitter just got more response and you know got more got it out there a little more and found more people sharing stuff and it just came seemed like it was a little better. So, Twitter's different than the other ones and I mean I've been on Twitter since I could get an account on there like when I first started mm -hmm. and it's, a lot of people go on there for like little bits of news um I think it's just more, I guess it's more like pers like discussion. Like I've had a lot of the same friends on there for years now. So I kind of talk to the same people. Um, as far as expanding audiences, I wouldn't go to Twitter for that first. But you can find people on there because there are people who don't use Instagram and they're on Facebook or they only have an Instagram or they only have a Twitter. So I think it's important to be on all of them. But really the most, the it 
platform is Instagram owned by Facebook. So, right. you know, but we all, we all uh, post and promote from our band, which I think is important. I, you know, I see a lot of people and other bands who don't do the same thing. We're always, all of us, all five of us are pretty active and, you know, we spread the word for everything going on with the band. Yeah. Through Instagram, we've gotten to meet so many cool people outside of the U.S., um, which I think is really awesome. And I think that's what I love most about social media is that, or, you know, when you're in a band, you're able to, you're not just confined to where you live, you know, to your town. Like we have people in Australia, the U.K., Italy, Mexico, who are now listening to our music. So that's pretty awesome. And then I like Facebook because it's good for, you know, promoting and marketing in your community. So we're able to reach, you know, to other local bands and people on Long Island so that we can get people to come to the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like, the, the, the worldwide. It seems like more people, almost more people out of the U.S. like, you know, my kind of music more than the U.S. Get more fans in uh, Ireland and England and Germany and Australia and Japan. So yeah, that's uh, definitely awesome. Man. But but we did uh, we actually did that in society too because we used to have to um, promote through fanzines and there was fanzines all over the mm-hmm. all over the country and there's this one. I, I still got still got the letter. We did a uh, interview or something, and somebody you know put ad, ads in their fanzine, and some guy sent us a letter, and I think I sent no, I yeah, I sent him an album to back when we were still doing vinyl. <laughs> sent him an album to a review in his fanzine, and he sends it back, and that's when the '92. Thing was going on with uh, Croatia, and they and he sent a letter. Oh yeah, we're listening to your album, and we're in our basement, and the bombs are going off. And you're like, what? The? <laughs> it was like crazy. We're like, what? This guy's sitting there in Croatia, and they're having a war. And they're sitting there in his basement listening to our album. Like, what the heck? It was like crazy. It was like wild. Mm-hmm. How other other countries really dig music like that. It's just finding your audience, you know. It could be anywhere. And there's people like that somewhere else that listen to what we listen to and do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just maybe it's not the it thing right now to be in a punk band, but it doesn't stop us. Right. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Yeah. Next your question. Um, what was the craziest show that you've ever played? Um there was a few. The probably the craziest one where the audience reaction was we played one in Riverside with with uh, Offspring. It was kind of before they were were uh, we got big, or they were just getting big. I can't remember, but that's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, but they went wild with us. But then we were packing up, and they were next. And it's the for some reason that night I don't know why maybe the audience was different, but the we were kind of surprised that the audience didn't really do what they did to Offspring when they did to our music. We're like, that's why it was like really different. It was like, wow, they're going wild. 
like even like almost half the people left after we we said I'm like where did everybody go offspring's still here that was like that was kind of crazy that was really weird and then uh there was a crazy one that we never played in east la we're setting up and and i i don't know what happened and just a couple of the bands started beating the shit out of each other and equipment started flying everywhere and we're like what the hell's going on people getting bloodied and everything <laughs> we're like all right we grabbed our we grabbed our stuff and we just we're getting out of here man just fast as we can that was that was another crazy one and then another one was i uh, played this place in chinatown called hong kong cafe and uh I don't want to say the band's name it was another one of those popular bands on Epitaph, but it was my wife's first punk show. I mean, we just started dating, and she's like, "All right, we'll go to this punk show." And of course, the drummer was like high on cocaine or something, and he was just like, somebody touched his drums, and he was started started fighting with everybody because, "Oh, you touched my drums!" Like a big ruckus. And, Pushing, so <laughs> my, uh, pushing us over and you know trying to protect my wife and everything so that was another crazy one <laughs> i like that so those are the top three it's awesome yeah so what do you guys do that uh is not music related any hobbies or something that might be different I like to garden. I grow a vegetable garden every year. That's good. I try working out, just staying active that way. <laughs> I like um, cooking and baking, and uh, I just started painting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's real cool. With me, it depends on the week, I guess. Sometimes we'll get into <laughs> like, um, I was started doing a scrapbook the other day because my mom bought me this whole set and then I got really tired of it quickly and I was like save it for an actual rainy day and then you'll do it Jasmine so I put it away um and then I started like listing some of my old clothes that I don't wear anymore like I, I have like a bunch to donate and I still haven't donated it yet because they would probably burn it thinking it has the coronavirus so I'm gonna wait till this passes mm -hmm. um, but I've been like listing like nice clothes I have and band shirts I don't wear anymore um and just kind of doing that just keep myself busy really but um uh Allie, if you grow any like awesome vegetables and you want to you know have like a little gardening party let me know i love all the veggies so <laughs> yeah we planted a garden too this year we did uh some herbs some veggies and some fruits so mm. we have a, a collaboration garden party <laughs> share our garden. Garden. <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool yeah i'm in, I'm into gardening and cooking too that's my thing to do i'm not musicking i feel like everybody is now because they're home and it's like where were you like months ago doing this like now you're a professional short <laughs> you have a blog and you know you got a whole following <laughs> You know, it's funny. It's a funny time in that way. Yeah. I love cooking, but when I work in the city and I don't get home till like eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night and like the last thing I want to do is have to cook. But like since the lockdown, like 
I've had so much time to try like new recipes and it's been really awesome. I'm really, I'm having a really good time. Yeah. Liz can cook before all of this has happened, just to clarify. Yeah. I was talking with other people that just started. <laughs> There's other <laughs> novice chefs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all right. I appreciate you guys doing this for me. Thanks for having me. It was fun chatting with you. Thanks for all the support. Thank you. And uh, we'll hope to see you again soon on some time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for having us. And I'm sure uh, we'll retweet each other on Twitter or something. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Independence, got to support independence. Yep. Keep each other out there. Mm-hmm. All right.